Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about helping our sensitive children. Many of us have super sensitive kids, and that's not a coincidence that we all have very similar children because anxiety and OCD often comes with some superpowers as well. And I made a whole kids YouTube video on the superpowers of anxious kids, and you can check that out on my YouTube channel. And I wanted to talk about how do we help our sensitive kids navigate the world of mean people. And sometimes people aren't even being mean. Sometimes it's a tone or sometimes they're perceiving something as being mean because they are so sensitive. They're little flowers that get wilted pretty easily. (laughs) So it is a common personality trait with kids with anxiety and even kids with OCD to, to be super sensitive. Now, the superpowers that come with that is that they're very empathetic and they're very kind-hearted. Now, I am generalizing, so some of you may not have kids like this, but statistically, there's a disproportionate amount of kids who are highly sensitive, who also have an anxious personality. The good parts about that are that they're very intuitive and they're very kind-hearted. And my Miss Seven really embodies this sensitive child personality. She is the kindest person. She is so in tune. If I'm having a rough day, out of all of my kids, she's the one that's going to notice first. She's the one that's going to ask, and she's the youngest. So it's not an age thing. She is the first one to offer help when there's a new kid. There was a new kid this week, and she said, Mom, I went up to the teacher, and I told her, I'm going to help the new kid. And she came back and reported to me, you know, the new kid had made a friend. And then last week, she was telling me how there is this mean boy and she's been having a problem with him and he's not even really necessarily being mean to her, but sensitive kids have problems when they're witnessing mean behavior as well. I'm going to get all into that and talk about how this manifests and how you can help your kids. So she was talking about this boy who was being mean and that she noticed that this other kid who is normally like best friends with the mean kid was crying on the playground. She said nobody else noticed. And so she told her best friend, hey, we should go and help. So she went, it was so funny. She's telling me this story. She's seven. She went up to the the kid that was crying and she said, what's going on? Why are you crying? Now, granted, my daughter has major anxiety. She has school anxiety. She is crying in the morning. She doesn't want to go to school. She is fearful of going into the cafeteria because she's afraid she's going to throw up and she's afraid of the mean teachers. We'll get into that in a second. And she also doesn't like going to aftercare. So we've made arrangements for next year, but she only has a few more months left of this year. And I'm pointing that out because I'm, I'm trying to show you that this is not a child who is just this loud, boisterous, empowered kid. This is a very anxious child. But when she sees another kid in distress, it almost trumps any of her own issues. And not to keep going on about my YouTube channel, but I made a YouTube video about that as well uh, recently. And my YouTube channel is predominantly now for kids. I will do like Facebook live replays on there, or if I have a podcast interview, I'll throw it up on my YouTube channel. But 
about a year ago, maybe half a year ago, I shifted it to just be kids videos and the podcast is for you guys. So I made a YouTube video on how helping others can actually help your own anxiety and OCD. And I was talking to kids about that and, and she's really talking, she's really demonstrating that, um, in the story that I'm talking about. So she went up to the kid that was crying and she talked to him and he said, Hey, you know, uh, my friend's just leaving me out. He doesn't want to play with me. So she went up to the mean kid, which she would never do if it was about her own self. And she said, your friend's crying. Can you please include him? And so then the kid reluctantly went up to the crying kid and said, okay, do you want to play? And my daughter said, say it nicer. (laughs) This is the story she told me anyway. And the kids said it nicer and they went off and they played. And she said it was so good to see him happy. That is such a great example of the sensitive child. Super caring. Now, the hard part about all that, and the reason why I'm sharing this story is because I want you to see the whole picture. I don't want you to just see a wilted flower or a child who can't handle the world or a child who's too sensitive for this world. I want you to see the gifts that they bring us, the gifts that they bring our world with their big hearts. And so we can help them protect themselves and we can help them not be hurt by the world around them, but still celebrate the fact that they are sensitive because the gifts that they bring are far, far better than any struggles that we can help them navigate through. It's just rough going when you're in the moment, but long-term, I believe, and I have to believe this because I'm an optimistic person, that my child's beautifulness, her sparkle of that kind, empathetic way that she has That's what's going to shine in her life. And I'm going to train her and teach her and empower her to not let people knock her down. And I want to help you do the same thing for your sensitive flowers. (laughs) So let's talk about this. So for starters, you want to help them with perspective because most sensitive kids have a skewed perspective of reality. They think that the world thinks and acts and behaves like they do. And so we need to give them a little bit of a dose of reality. Um, We want them to have a little bit less Pollyanna, you know, Mary Poppins, the world is just rainbows and butterflies without squashing them. So I talk to my kids and I say, look, there are a sprinkle of mean people wherever you go. And it's not a kid thing. It's just a world thing. It's just a human thing, right? there's all sorts of reasons why people are mean and we sometimes go into them and this will be many conversations that you can have with your kids. This is not a conversation you're going to have in one sitting. A lot of what I talk about are, are seeds. They are planting seeds and you're sprinkling these things in different conversations as they come up. So I find that my kids will bring things up. They'll talk about a mean kid or they'll talk about my tone or they'll say that was mean. And during those opportunities, I'll sprinkle in these messages that I'm going to convey to you. So I talk about how there are a sprinkle of mean people wherever they go. And and that will be in classes. So every class, every year, I'll always say to my kids, you know, there's going to be a sprinkle of mean people. And that's just the way it goes. Normally I'm saying that in response to them saying, oh, you're never going to believe who's in my class this year. Or, oh my gosh, there's this mean kid in my class. And I'll say, you're probably going to experience that every year. You might not, but most likely you will. 
And I said, even when I go to work, when I used to work with other people, now my life is so beautiful. I just work by myself, but I had to deal with a sprinkle of mean people. Sometimes kids will say, no way, grownups are mean. They're not mean. And I'll say, humans are human. (laughs) It's kind of redundant. And you have nice humans and you have mean humans. You have people who are nice, but sometimes they can be mean. And so there will be a sprinkle of mean people in your world. But there's also a big chunk of nice people. There's a big chunk of people just like you. And the cool thing is, as you get older, you get to choose who you want to be around. And you can choose the people that are your friends and the people that you spend your entire life with to be that sprinkle of nice people. And so it gets easier as you get older. When you're in school, you don't really get to choose. You know, you're in a class with 30 people and you get what you get. But even if you choose to be around all these beautiful, nice people, one, we all have bad days, and two, you're going to come in contact with mean people wherever you go, you know, whether you're at the park or, you know, you're at the grocery store. We can't avoid mean people. We just have to learn how to survive them. So that's the shift in perspective. And you, you're going to have to talk to your kids about that all the time. So I don't try to sugarcoat that. I I try to say it how it is because I think it's very helpful to be very realistic with sensitive kids so they can learn how to adapt and develop that armor that they're going to need in this world. Sometimes, depending on the conversation, I'll also go into why people are like that. I'll say, you know what? Sometimes people have mean parents or sometimes they have a mean brother or mean sister, or sometimes people have had a hard life. We don't know what's going on with them in their world. And that doesn't mean that it's okay to take your anger or the hurt that you're having in your life and throw it up on other people. That's not cool. And I wouldn't do that. But some people do that. That sometimes that's an unhealthy way of coping. And it doesn't excuse the behavior, but it also lets us know where it's coming from, that it's not about us. Okay, so that's the shift in perspective that you want to start using. And I have talked to my kids like that, like from the time they were like six years old. So this is not something that you can only talk to, to your teens about, or your older kids. You can definitely approach this with your little people. I talk to my kids and even the kids that come into my practice, like I respect them and I talk to them like they're human beings. I don't talk to them like they're babies. And when you talk like that, sometimes kids will say, like my kids will say, what does that mean? I was using, I was using a word. I can't even remember what I was using. Oh, I think I was telling my daughter, I was like, well, what's the conclusion of that? If you think you're going to have a bad day and then you have a bad day, what's the conclusion? And she was like, what's conclusion? (laughs) So don't be afraid to use words and your kids can ask you, what what are you talking about? And you're going to be growing their emotional vocabulary um, and their regular vocabulary too. So first step is try to help them shift perspective. And then the second tip that I would say that I always work on is perception. Again, this is kind of the same thing. That sounds like the exact same word actually, but my meaning is different. So sensitive kids and definitely kids who have social anxiety, but even if your child doesn't have social anxiety, which is not about whether they can talk to people or not, social anxiety is about the fear of judgment and criticism. Nobody understands that, but even if your child doesn't have that, they will often personalize any kind of negativity around them. So these are the kids that will get upset because they will think that the teacher is yelling at them. And then when you really start to probe, 
when they're like, oh, my teacher is so mean. Oh, my teacher yells at me. And then when you really start to get more information, she does. Well, what does she yell at you about? You're such a good kid. What is she yelling at you about? Well, she's telling everybody to be quiet. Oh, is she yelling at you to be quiet? No, she's telling everybody to be quiet. So is she talking to you? No, she's talking to everybody. And that's a really common thing I hear in my practice. Um, this taking something that's general and personalizing it and making it like you're the target. So we want to help them shift perspective and we want to start training them to ask themselves, is it about me? Is it about me? Are they yelling at me or are they yelling at the class? And if they're yelling at the class, is it really directed towards me? Or am I just in the space of someone who's yelling? And if I'm in the space of someone who's yelling, what's the worst that can happen? And so again, these are conversations that you would have over a period of time, but I'm kind of concentrating the material of what I normally try to help kids see, if that makes sense. So I want them to, to take a step back and see if they're personalizing a situation that is not about them. And then if it's not about them, what's the worst that can happen? That your teacher is having a bad day and your teacher is yelling. And I always try to get them to take such a step back that they can also say, not only is this not about me, but now I'm going to look at my teacher and I'm going to say, what's making her this way? And maybe I can make up scenarios in my head. Maybe she had a bad day. Maybe her kids were having a hard time going to school today. You know, maybe she didn't get any sleep last night. And you can play this game with them about what else it could be. You can role play and you can do all sorts of fun things to get them to think about what it could be other than them. So that's another approach that I would take. And then you have some kids who are sensitive about your tone. And when you redirect them or when you discipline them, which you have to do as a parent, they take it personally. And you might get things like this from a sensitive child. They might say, uh, you hate me. I'm the worst kid ever. You know, you don't, you don't love me or you're just shouting at me all the time. <laughs> I get that from my, my sensitive seven-year-old, my other two, not so much, but my sensitive flower. Yes. She says that all the time. And it could be as simple as I already told you, go get your shoes on, like literally in that tone. And she will burst into tears and say, why are you yelling at me? Now, that doesn't mean that we have to change our tone, especially when we know our tone was appropriate. Because if you change your tone and your tone was not bad to begin with, you're really not helping them develop a callus over their their sensitive skin. So we don't want to walk on eggshells because the world won't walk on eggshells. So we really want them to develop a thicker outer layer. Now, having said that, I do have to keep in check my bad moods. And so if I do lose my cool and I shout and like my shouting typically is like, go get your shoes on, like literally like that. Like I'm not a yeller. I have a tone and that tone would be enough to crush my kid. So if I have a tone like that and she, and I can just tell instantly, and I'm sure you have this experience too. If you have a sensitive child, you can just tell instantly, oh gosh, I just crushed her. (laughs) You know, like she has that look like she's just about to burst in tears. So when I know my tone was a little bit too harsh, I will instantly say if I'm in a good mood and I can do it, I'll say, I'm sorry I said that in a mean way. And I might give her a hug because my sensitive child resets with hugs. And I'll say, I was just feeling frustrated, but can you please go get your shoes on? And for my child at this point, that tends to be able to reset her. Now, if I have a tone that I think is appropriate, 
I will go into my whole, and if you have listened to me before, you probably have heard me say this, I'll go into my whole spiel about, you know, I'm your life teacher and it's my job to give you life lessons. And your job is to mess up because you're a kid. You didn't come out of my womb knowing how to walk. I had to teach you and you had to fall and then you had to get up again and then you crawled and then you got up and then you fell. It was a process and those were mistakes and you had to learn, okay, I got to put one foot in front of the other. I can't do two feet in front of each other or I'm going to fall. Same thing with the things you're learning now. You're going to make mistakes. You might talk back and, and I have to correct you. You might hit because you don't know how to control your hands and your emotions yet, or you might lie or you might try to sneak something and you haven't experienced enough in the world for you to know that that's not okay. And it's my job to teach you because I'm your life teacher. So you're going to sometimes have consequences and that's my way of teaching you. That way you're learning. So they're not going to care and they're not going to get it in the moment. I try to have those talks outside of the time when I'm disciplining or when I'm redirecting so that it's already a seed that's planted. And that way, when I'm in the moment, and my Miss Seven is freaking out and saying, you hate me. I will calmly just say, nope, I'm just your life teacher. I love you. And I'm just giving you a life lesson. It's a lesson you need. I might talk less even if she's really in a mood because less is more when kids are really spiraling, but I don't take it personally. So when she says, you hate me, you're the, you know, I'm the meanest kid ever. I don't swoop in and try to coddle her or make her feel good in the moment. I'll just say, I love you. This is a life lesson. And I'm sorry you feel that way, but I love you. And if they kind of go on the spiral of, and I hate you, it depends on your child. I just say, well, I still love you, but it's just something that we all need to learn. So it's not going to go smoothly, but these are like little seeds that you're planting for your kid. Now, the last thing that I do, um, and I've been having a lot of conversations with my daughter about this because she's gotten very overwhelmed by mean people at school. So at home, it can be a battle, um, but we've been doing this for a long time. And so it's not as big of an issue at home. You know, when I have a tone or whatever, she knows what's going on. But school has taken to be the front burner issue. And, you know, there's a sprinkle of mean kids in her class. And recently, her worry cloud has discovered that the principal is really mean. And she's gotten really afraid of the principal. And so she's been afraid of going into the cafeteria, which she's already been afraid of going into the cafeteria. But now there's this new layer of the principal's really mean. People have been saying the principal's mean. I've heard her be mean. And she is in the cafeteria during my lunch hour. And so I'm afraid of her. And so we talk about, one, with her, with that scenario I talk about, is it you or is it the cafeteria in general? And then we talk about what's the worst thing that can happen. And I go all the way to, you could be sent to the principal's office. And then so what? So we don't want to soften it. I go right down to the core of what's the absolute worst thing that can happen. And then my child's like, well, I can be sent to the principal. Is that likely? No. Have you ever been sent to the principal? No. Have you ever gotten in trouble? No. Okay. So it's really not likely, but if it happened, you still want to go down the rabbit hole and you want to get them to the worst case scenario. If that did happen, which sounds like it's not very likely, but if it did, okay. So what's the worst thing that will happen? Well, she might yell at me. Okay. Will I yell at you when you get home? No. Okay. So she'll yell at you. That's it. She can't hit you. She can't do anything to harm your body. She might just, and then my daughter said, because we were having this conversation last night and she piped in, she goes, but she can hurt my feelings. (laughs) And I said, yes, she can hurt your feelings, but 
And this goes into my last point. We talk about, do we give other people control over our feelings? And I normally talk to her about that when I'm talking about other kids being mean. Do we give them the power and control? So I'll go into that last point. And so when kids are being mean to you as another kid, I say to my daughter, I say, if somebody says, because she has a lot of social anxiety and a lot of it's the fear of people being mean. So I'm trying to think what she was doing the other day. She was worried about someone making fun of her. And I can't remember why. I think a boy, well, you know, she's got a couple of mean kids in her class. So this kid was saying something rude to her. I can't remember what it was. And it was legitimate. He was being obnoxious. And I said to her, we can't control whether he's mean or not. And he's mean to everyone, right? And she's like, yeah, he's a mean kid, right? So it's not about you. He's mean to everybody. We don't know what's going on in his world. We don't know what's going on in his life, but he's mean to you and he's mean to everybody. So it's not about you. It's just about him. Now you have a choice, right? Because we can't control whether he's mean or not, but we can control whether you give him control and power over your feelings or whether you save your feelings and you don't give him the power. So you can say to yourself, I am not going to give him the power to upset me because he is having his own issue and he is spewing his anger and his rudeness around the world. And I'm not going to give him the power to impact me, to affect me, to make me feel sad. Because when I let him make me feel sad, I'm giving him the power of my emotions and I control my emotions. So I'm going to choose to ignore him. I'm going to choose to walk away and I'm going to not choose to give him any power or control over my feelings. Now that's a hard thing for even us grownups to do, right? That's a very deep philosophical perspective on life. But if we plant seeds when kids are like six and seven or 10 and 11, imagine what kind of life they're going to have when they're 25 or 45, right? So don't be afraid to plant these sophisticated seeds and you may not see them sprout for a really long time, but these are really good messages to give our kids. So I hope you found that helpful and I hope that your sensitive child can develop some thick skin. Uh, It will take time. It is a process, but these are the types of things you want to start talking about. If you are over in my AT Parenting community, which is a community that you have to join and become a member of, it's been around for the last few months. It just started. I'm very excited about it, but I will be doing podcast, what I'm calling after our bonuses. And I'm going to let you know when I'm having a bonus so that you know, as a member of the community, if you are, what is in the community to go check out. So I'm going to do a bonus for this podcast, and I'm going to talk about different games that you can do with your kids to help them develop some thicker skin. So if you're a community member, an AT Parenting community member, go over to the website and check it out because I will have that up when this goes live. I will also have the bonus out and you can uh, listen to that bonus material about types of games and stuff that I just created that will help you kind of solidify these skills a little bit more. So if you're enjoying my podcast, don't forget to hit a star on iTunes. There are these stars right below the name of the podcast. You just hit a star and that gives feedback to other parents to know that this is a valuable show. If you have a few extra minutes, if you can leave a review, I greatly appreciate it. And I appreciate it so much that I love to show my gratitude and I like to end my show reading one. So I got a review from grateful mom out of her zone. And she said, Natasha, I am near tears today. After hearing your podcast, my 17 year old daughter has been struggling with OCD for at least five years. If only I had this information five years ago. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now I can finally say, I understand what she's been going through and how to help her. 
There is nothing more excruciating for a mother than to see your child in pain and not be able to help. She's on meds. We reluctantly gave in a year ago, but that does not give her the skills to cope. She's graduating from high school in a couple of months and will go to the other side of the world. We live in Asia and now she'll go knowing that her mother understands her and perhaps with a few more tools to help manage her pain. You are an angel. Thank you. I'll be making a contribution to your work today. Thank you so much for the comment. I really appreciate that. And I love that we're like reaching all over the world. We're reaching Asia and it is It is excruciating to see your kids in those struggles. I totally get it on a very personal level. And it's so helpful for our kids, for them to understand that we get it and that we know what they're going through. So thank you for the review. If you have something to say, maybe I'll be reading your review next time. So I hope you find a sparkle in everything you do. And I'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Take care. When I first discovered Natasha, I was in a desperate place with my son and his anxiety was getting worse and we had tried counseling and it was not going well. Natasha gave us practical tools. She wasn't like the books that we had read that were, you know, you have three kids, but somehow you can magically spend 10 hours a day on your one anxious kid and just, you know, life is great for the other two. She's helped me understand OCD on a level that no therapist I have come across seems to understand. Natasha had practical real life advice that we started implementing the day that we listened to them. Not only did it help with our son's anxiety, it helped my husband and I to recognize um, the anxiety that we had in our parenting that was actually contributing to our children's anxiety. Her tools are, I mean, life-changing. She has been amazing, and I'm so thankful for the work that she provides to all of us who have children um, who battle anxiety and OCD. It is so exciting to see him about a year later, just thriving in school. She really has guided us the whole way, and without her, our lives would be very different. I'm very grateful. My husband and I are forever grateful to Natasha Daniels for helping us to figure out where to even start with anxiety. If you have a child with anxiety or OCD, she is your go-to woman. Parenting a child with anxiety is not easy, and sometimes it feels hopeless. And um, in a desperate time in my journey with my son, I started searching the internet and found Natasha Daniels. She has been a lifesaver. Her resources have given me hope. They've given me tools and support, and I I highly recommend her and her resources. They are phenomenal and they are some of the best resources you can find out there for anxiety and OCD. Hi, my name is Natasha Daniels and I understand what it's like to raise kids with anxiety and OCD. I'm doing it every single day. And I also know what it feels like to empower them, to give them the skills and tools to help themselves, to watch them blossom face their fears and become more than their anxiety and more than their OCD. And I want to do that for you as well. Join me in the AT parenting community where I partner with you and walk alongside you in your journey, helping you getting to know your family and your child's particular needs and particular struggles. I'll help guide you and walk you through ways to empower your own kids and see success in your house. You will finally have someone in your corner who not only has the understanding of your struggle, but has the expertise and knowledge to help get you through it. 
You can find out more about the AT Parenting Community at atparentingcommunity.com or you can text all one word AT Parenting Community to 44222. Together we can do this. good and I hope I'll be like her. I have had OCD for over five years. I have trained my brain and you can do the same thing.